When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Juan. ¿Qué pasa, campeones? And welcome to the Churros E-Tacticas Podcast. It is July 12th. It is Monday indeed, although I almost forgot about the day because, yes, as you can see from the background, I am still on my family holiday with the rest of the fam. And, uh, hey, we're dressed for the occasion because my parents are celebrating their 70th birthday, although they don't know about it yet. It's a secret, okay? It's the first time the family is together since a year and a half due to the pandemic, etc. We wanted to make it special that the family, the cousins, everybody's together. So we got dressed for the occasion. We got a, a few things planned, uh, but of course, we couldn't fail on this important Churros y Tacticas podcast. So we're here to talk about Messi finally winning the Copa America with Argentina, finally winning a trophy, I should say, with his beloved uh, Albi Celeste, his beloved Argentina putting to rest the goat to b the bait that I'm sure <laughs> Kian and uh, who was it Matt I believe it was I saw the tweets discussed in their podcast yesterday uh, so congratulations to Messi and of course congratulations to Italy uh, and England as well for giving us uh, what I thought was an entertaining Euro Cup final uh, um, went down to penalties perhaps that was a bit of an anti-climax because I, I you know both semi-finals with penalties and the final as well, I thought, felt was a little bit not doing justice to uh, how good these teams had been playing throughout the tournament. V very sad for uh, uh, the 19-year-old Saka, of course, for missing it as well and receiving all of this abuse. But anyways, here to break it down and discuss all of your questions that you've submitted is the creator of this podcast and the name as well. I know that one of the questions is regarding the name. Gian Sobani, how are you doing today, my good, dear old friend? I'm doing great. Thank you. Uh, I love your backdrop. I'm super jealous that that's not I'm, not, I'm not there with you. I would love to be there in your family reunion and meet all the, here, all the Lorins the Costa and uh, celebrate yes, your parents. We would love to. Please. Soon. We would soon, love my to friend. welcome you. We actually have our own family reunion coming up for the first time in a long time. We'll really almost mm. two years now. So that's coming up for us too. So um, yeah, well, look, we have a lot of questions to go through and not much time. And I yes. think we should jump into it. And uh, okay, it's nice to be back for, f 
for the free for the freeloaders because uh, I think the last episode we did for free was the Carlo Ancelotti podcast, Good point. which, which uh, was a banger because it was like wow. the same day Carlo was announced or something. So we haven't been back since, but mm-hmm. you know we have been active. You know Diego and I never truly go away. We've been doing post game shows for the Euros for Spain over on patreon.com slash tactica. So sorry if you missed your, if you missed that party and if you were in it, congratulations for being a part of it. It was um, fun. It was really fun. It was really fun. I had a um, great time. Yeah. So it's nice to be able to talk about club football again. And uh, Lord knows we've been ignoring Barcelona's, Barcelona's crisis for far too long on this podcast. <laughs> so it's time to get, get us back on track. Our first question <laughs> is from Omar Bari. He says... Do you guys think Griezmann was a better fit for Madrid than Barcelona? Also, what do you see what? as Ancelotti and Koeman's go-to starting formations and 11s for the upcoming season? So first one is, was Griezmann better so, for Real Madrid than Barca? So so I'm sorry to jump in here, but you and I, we were, were, were fresh off of the Euro Cup, fresh off of the Copa America. Um, we haven't spoken to one another. I just want to quickly know your feedback on both those finals. Did you manage to see both finals? Uh, the winners? G- give me give me the lowdown. Like I said, I saw your tweet. I know you discussed all of this in detail with uh, your buddy Matt, but uh, I wasn't privy to that uh, conversation. So hit me with it, son. Yeah, I watched both finals. Uh, I mean, a little bit lucky here that the time zone for the Copa America final is yeah. for mine. Uh, and it's not, you True. guys in, in Europe can stay up, but it's not ideal, right? Especially if you're at a family reunion or whatever. Um, <laughs> but two finals that I found really entertaining for different reasons. Brazil, Argentina, because of the passion, because of the rivalry, because of the high-flying bone-crunching tackles, because of the chaos, and not so much for the tackle. Is that noticeable in that final? In, it just it was I mean if you saw if you scroll through Twitter and they were all right they weren't exaggerating it was like watching a UFC fight it was insane oh. so, yeah it was super crazy England Italy yesterday I enjoyed for different reasons it was not as intense and chaotic but um, it was you know it was just interesting to see Italy being able to pick themselves up psychologically after that rough start after England's momentum it was interesting to see England yeah. go back into their conservative shell after the first 30 minutes. And I mean, there yes. was a lot of stories from the penalty shootout too. I think Italy ultimately deserved it. And um, England were punished for being so conservative and not, not taking the game in the, uh, in Italy's half more than they should have. So absolutely fascinating was baffled by that as well and it was a uh, it, it kind of took the air out of uh the excitement and all the emotion even though obviously we uh well either me or you you were obviously uh say emotionally invested into this game but i did feel that it sucked out a lot of the emotion and excitement that we were feeling in that beginning obviously england getting off of the perfect start with that goal uh my dad and i had a great time uh, uh watching all of the the, the pre build up and you know seeing all the english fans obviously see um cherishing this moment it had been such a long time that they had not been in the final and this entire you know football coming football's coming home theme that really felt that it was uh you know it was theirs for the taking right and and like i said it couldn't have been scripted better in their case um slotting in that early goal and then that changing tactic which 
really kind of disappointed me. And again, like I said, it baffled me because I felt that England was well in the game, had the upper hand, um, you know, had control over the game and could have created more danger on the, um, uh, on Italy's goal. Uh, and, 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 and uh, you know, I've, I've been looking for an explanation as to why Southgate decided to change that tactic uh, and, you know, decide to play more conservative because I thought it was the right approach for the grand, such a grand occasion in the final to really just go for it, you know. Even if you have the 1-0 lead, you know it's a final, you know it's not over yet, especially against an experienced side like Italy with all the youth that they have. This is a side that has been in their fair share of finals, whether it be Euro Cup or World Cup. Um, so with all the history that they have in the finals, knowing how they normally tend to play because also Italy, I think, uh, uh, betrayed their style that we've grown accustomed to over the, over the course of this, this tournament and, and, the, and the qualifying phase. You know, they disappointed for me in that sense, go reverting back to their more defensive tactics. So why, did, why do you think he did that, Southgate? Why do you think he became uh, uh, more conservative as this uh, game progressed? My guess is that it's, it's brought him this far. And I think it's really... Mm. When you, like, you know, you look at England's track record in these Euros, they were the best defensive team from a statistical perspective, but also when they put numbers back there, they have just have a lot of good defenders and hardworking midfielders and good pressers. Like, they can they can prevent you from scoring pretty easily. And they they did that. Pre- I mean, if you look at the way Italy scored or even the chances they created, it was a lot of Chiesa doing individual brilliant yeah. things to unlock it yeah. and not much else. Yeah. Uh, and the goal came off of a corner scramble. And I, and if you watch yeah, it again, very like, sloppy, I thought sure. Bonucci... And uh, I can't remember who it was that headed it on the post. Maybe it was Insigne. But they just kind of wanted it more on that corner kick. And I think with England, too, is like, I guess it was just easy for Southgate to be like, okay, I think we can ride out this one Def- as a 1-0. And I yeah. think that was a mistake. I, I, mm. I think, like, look, in hindsight, maybe they win the penalty shootout and we're having a different discussion. But I do think, like, if, if Italy had kept on track in the th- first 30 minutes doing that over and over again maybe not to the degree of that energy because you can't sustain that energy but i think if they they, italy had no answer for that so you gave italy a chance to adjust by becoming more conservative and i think this would have been they would have it would have been actually a smarter defensive performance too if they had a kept just keeping Mm. possession in italy certain kept pressing them so i I think they made a mistake there but yeah i think so yeah um i think we both agree on that point yeah. So, but World Cup, Euro Cup is over. Uh, we've got the World Cup now to look forward to in a year's Olympics time. In uh, nine still days, sounds by crazy the way, to say. If you care about that. Without any fans, right? I don't know. I, I have no idea. No, that's that's been confirmed. Okay. Uh, Olympic Games will be held behind closed doors. Uh, but yeah, Olympics, of course, to look forward to. Uh, and the World Cup in the year. Sorry, it, it's, it, I keep saying in a year, but technically it's a year and a half. Because it's year and a half, in yeah. December. Yeah. I think yeah, it's, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, December. But we are putting uh, now international football to rest for uh, the time being, Kian. And, and I guess we can jump back into that uh, initial question of our patron and uh, jump back into club football. So the question was, the first part of the question was, is um, would Griezmann have been a better fit for Real Madrid than Barcelona? Mm. Well, I mean, you, you I think... It's more appropriate if you jump on this one first, since yeah. you're the expert. The, <laughs> the answer is a resounding yes. Real okay. Madrid needed a presence on the right wing that could provide goals, that could 
work hard defensively, which was ingrained in him since the Atleti days. And Zidane loves wingers who can work hard defensively. Um, they needed someone on the right side. And he would have been a great fit. I Honestly, he would have been. And Barcelona didn't need Griezmann. He was a luxury. And now here we are. It seems like it's falling apart. So... So would you would you have um, you would have chose? I mean, this is an easy question to answer, but the urgency between choosing Hazard or Griezmann over Hazard is uh, is evident in that sense. You you would much preferred them. And again, this is easy in hindsight, given all the injury problems that Hazard uh, continues to experience. But but you would have seen that as a as a more necessary and urgent signing then. That's interesting. I mean, knowing that you've got your Asensios. And, and Rodrigo's on, on the right. If, look, the thing with Hazard is that, it, you know, it's really easy to say in hindsight, yes, we shouldn't have signed Hazard. And again, and I keep reminding people in that moment, um, Hazard wanted to come and he was one of the best players in the world. Incredible season at Chelsea. You didn't have a left winger that was productive, although like Vinicius had a great breakout season, but he wasn't scoring. And Hazard's not a goal scorer too. Like there's a lot of weight angles of this, like rights and wrongs and reasons you should have signed and reasons you shouldn't have, including financial, waiting one more year to get him for free, all that stuff. Um, but but what you really needed, what Real Madrid really needed is goal productions from the wings. Like right. not just a yeah. creator, someone who can put the ball in the back of the net. Griezmann is yeah. a better goal scorer than Hazard is. So in that sense, mm. yes, Griezmann would have made more sense. Um, but, you know, Griezmann also put out a, a whole thing. He Didn't he do the decision and stuff? And, like, he's like, I'm, I'm going to Barca. So Not while well, he stayed at Atletico at that time, remember? Yeah, that, but that... didn't he do another video? Or was it, did I make that up in my mind? No? Uh, no, I mean, if, if he did, it didn't have the impact as the first decision. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe he didn't do that. Maybe I'm just thinking of LeBron James doing that. Um, so yeah, it would have like, look, I can understand why Ramsey wouldn't sign Griezmann as well, but I, you know, just thinking about the question is in a vacuum. Like, would he have fit better? Real Madrid? the answer is yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I still like to bring Griezmann up again, but there's a messy question, I think. Um, okay. Or is there, let me just double check. I know we're going to talk about Messi, but no, let's talk about it now. Um, Messi actually no there is a question kind of that ties into it let me save it what about the other side of the question Ancelotti and Koeman's go to starting formation and 11s I feel like it's a little bit too soon to answer this for me personally because I just want to see how preseason mm. goes and I have some questions and I have some hunches on how Ancelotti will go but I want to kind of see it I want to answer this question a little bit after preseason if we can I would like to uh, also uh, wait and, and hold out a little bit longer, at least till we have seen the preseason or one or two preseason, preseason games, which I'll be covering actually uh, live on Barca TV+. Plus. Um, Real Madrid just had their first preseason game yesterday, if I'm not mistaken. Is it that wasn't right? technically or, a not preseason really... game. It was okay. more a scrimmage in training and no one knew about it oh, until okay. after. Yeah, it was just training. Yeah. Just try, okay. But uh, yeah, I, I think a similar question came up right at the beginning of uh, the summer, and and we kind of had the same answer. Let's 
you know, get these questions in when the preseason is underway and maybe the season is about to start. I think that makes more sense because there will be still movements in the market, uh, potentially big ones as well. Of course, Griezmann, Griezmann's name is on the chopping block at the moment, heavily linked with uh, the likes of uh, 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 whether it be City or Atletico, even though that it seems that that has fallen um, uh, off the plate that, uh, for the time being. But but I think there will still be big mo- movements taking place that can determine you know potential starting 11 so um yeah that's um yeah even in preseason itself like the preseason means nothing like we there's never like really anything you can take away from preseason it's just experiment and fitness and and even when you think you've seen something it really could mean nothing at all so yeah Mm -hmm. but but i i think it's a good question but i think it's a little bit too soon to answer this because i don't know what the squad's going to look like exactly um one more uh, interesting to, before we get to the next question. Um, I uh, actually met Deco uh, on the beach three days ago. Uh, um, his family was seated, seated next to our family and my daughter walked over to his daughter. He's got a daughter uh, the same age playing with buckets and they started to play and gave me a great excuse, obviously, to go there and, and, and mention that I was a Barca presenter and I will be covering also the preseason friendly uh, between Barca and Madrid legends. They're going to be playing a Clásico over in Israel. Um, and uh, so that could be, I don't know, for the Leaf Ebers, for the, the Fanatics. So Deco's playing in that game? Yeah, Deco's playing us, yes. Which is probably, I mean, obviously the reason why he's here, I would imagine. When is that game again? Uh, it's soon. It's ju- the end of this month. The, okay. Yeah, I think yeah, it was sometime. the 27th, if I'm not mistaken. Um, mm. Do we know who else is in that playing in that thing? Dino. Uh, Dino Deco for sure. Puyol, probably. I want Yeah, Puyi, I would say. I don't have the names at the top of my head, but... Oh, you have it there? I don't know. I'm just making shit up. I'm just thinking about oh, okay, okay. the easiest people to grab. Like, I don't know. Um, Real Madrid, it's always like Roberto Carlos. Figo is usually there. They bring in Chen. Figo's there. Figo's there. Figo's there. Who will he play Figo's for? There. Ooh. I remember seeing his name. <laughs> I said, He'll switch I said, it at halftime. <laughs> that's what I, I had this. I saw this idea. Uh, I forget where I saw it. Somewhere on social media where someone was like, they should do Luis Enrique and Figo switch sides at halftime. <laughs> That's funny. That's uh, funny. All right. So Luis Enrique. Same can be said for Ronaldo. Figo has a better chance Nazario. of being a Barca legend than Luis Enrique has a better has a chance of being a Real Madrid legend, right? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, there's, there's a case to be made for Nazario, though. Nazario was like in a unique situation where he's loved by all. Yeah. What? I, I, respected and admired. I don't love this is too big of a word. Uh, mainly because he just seems to have bad words for Barca every time he's being oh, asked really? about. It. He, 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 yeah, he harbors ill feelings. Uh, the way that transfer went down. Um. Yeah. Shame. A big what if. Uh, all right. So Umar Mahadi says, "Hey, Kian and Diego, I love the show. Everyone talks about the five nil and the six two loss to Barca as the worst defeat." But for me, the worst was the 3-1 defeat at the Bernabeu in 2011. I watched that in my college hostel with a friend who was a Barca fan. He was a roommate too, and we had one laptop that we would share. We had this thing. 
We would take turns reading the news after the match. I remember seeing the screen where my buddy had Barca's official website open and it read, Barca owns the Bernabeu. I never felt so much hurt as a fan because it was so true. Barca bossed that game. I can never forget that feeling. How did you both feel about that match? Well, uh, in my case, I was living in Madrid at the time. And in fact, it was the first and only Clásico I, I ever lived in the Bernabeu. I was very happy to get my hands on some tickets and even happier, of course, with the outcome. Uh, I got to say, that first half hour uh, was not comfortable. Uh, I remember Benzema getting very early up on the score sheet uh, through a very clumsy goal. And I want to say that Ronaldo, both Cristiano, I should say, and uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, and uh, Diarra had really good chances to even put Madrid up 2-0. Although Messi did have a dribble in that in that first half that, that could have equaled uh, the scoreline. But... Um, once Alex was it Alexis that put in the one one? Yeah. Once the equalizer did eventually drop, uh, it did feel like that kind of switched the tie and and you know it was I mean we're talking about the Pep Guardiola days, uh, Jose Mourinho days. This was after the Tito, Tito Villanova incident as well, where um, I remember this is after not during the game, but after you see Mourinho kind of looking through the bench to see if Tito is there to kind of I guess shake his hand and, and make amends. Um, uh, or just be more, <laughs> be more civil towards the man, uh, and and it was that era, right? It was that era where we felt that we were just owning the Bernabeu, and uh, but that first half hour, I did feel that 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 could have made the difference, and the tie could have switched had you know Madrid put in uh, a second goal. Yeah, that one in particular, I think like heading into that, I remember feeling pretty good about it. Like even though Barca was mm. great. I felt like, okay, we because I remember we were in great form. And this is the thing that um, is isn't always interesting to look back on. That Real Madrid team was just really good. It's just that Barcelona were, they just, they happened to go at a time where Barcelona were unstoppable and maybe arguably the greatest team ever. And so that Real Madrid team were really good, but they just were still not as good as Barcelona. And I, and so they both, Barcelona and Real Madrid, were basically just take care of business in every game heading into the classical. So Real Madrid was in good form. But then they had to somehow find a way to beat this Barca team. And it was really hard. And I remember the way the Benzema scored that early goal because it came through. It was actually within like 15 seconds or something crazy because Valdez gives the ball away. Yeah. And then it was actually clumsy attack from Real Madrid too. Busquets kind of fucked. Right. Yeah. Oh. And then Di Maria tries to pass it to Benzema. He can't. And then Ozil takes a bad shot. And then somehow, by some luck, it falls to Benzema who scores. And then after that, it wasn't, you know, I don't even remember those Ronaldo chances because that obviously my selective focus is much different than yours, probably. I also remember that that was the peak Alexis. Like before he left Barcelona, yeah, yeah. he was incredible. Definitely. Um, and the, yeah. he took his goal really nicely. So, yeah, I don't, what are my memories of that match? Just, it wasn't fun. It was not fun. So. I don't know what else to tell you. It, I, I hated that. Era was it just, was it one more? Was it one more punch to the gut? Was it like, it's just, I barely even at that point was it? remember like the details of anything in that era. Just, I just remember pain. <laughs> it was it's just crazy. We're talking just, about something 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Still, I just remember still painful. That, nothing. I mean, the 6 2 was bad. The 5 0 was the worst one for me because of the entire experience of being in a bar with a bunch of 
my best friends who were Kool-Aids who would not stop talking shit. Oh. And that was well before I was a journalist or even thought about doing this as a career. So it was just pure fandom, pure emotion. I was younger in a bar with my my Kool-Aid friends. And it was just every goal was just one like dagger into the heart. I was like, it wasn't any Maridistas there too. It was just a bunch of Kool-Aids. So that was a tough one for me. <laughs> you must take me there. Where when if I come to visit, you must take me to that bar. But okay. yeah, so so to uh uh, to 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 for our patron who mentions uh, in his question that that was uh, for him a worse loss than a five nil or the six two, I um, I mean I would have to disagree. As in when it comes to victories, those those stand out. You know, in, yeah. In, in my well, that's just his subjective heart. experience, probably because his friend is there with him and like yeah, yeah. Uh, how are you doing for time? I see some rumblings in the background. Do we keep going? Do we save? Yes. Yeah, Friday. Uh, what do we do? Nah, let's keep going. Let's okay, keep going. Okay, cool, cool. cool. Um, all right. If if the noise if the noise spillage is okay, noise is, is fine. Then, uh, I'll, I'll just to... rely on you to, to okay. tell me when to stop, and then we'll continue on uh, the next podcast. Okay. Luis Berga says, "Hey guys, I'm completely confused by the financial situation at Barcelona. In the sense that people talk about it as if it's a mom and pop store that made bad business decisions and now has to figure out how to climb out of a hole. This is one of the biggest brands on earth that generates billions per year." How is it that banks, private equity funds, and even extremely high net worth individuals aren't forming lines around the block to offer them debt financing? I know they have the socio model of ownership, but what I'm talking about is debt with structured paybacks, not someone coming in and claiming ownership of the team. Because of interest rates around the world, there is lots of investors looking for new things to invest in, and Barca need the money. This seems like a slam dunk. What am I missing? Or is this something that's happening behind the scenes? Yeah, I mean, uh, to our uh, dear uh, patron, um, just to fill him up, uh, bring him up to speed, uh, Luis Verga, that is. Um, JP Morgan is uh, that company, that institution, that bank that uh, you are referring to. JP Morgan very recently uh, gave Barca credit of 500 million euros, I want to say, not dollars, I think it's euros. Um, and that should help. That should help to, uh, you know, alleviate, obviously, help with um, the debt and, and, and whatever the, the payback structure is, I'm not entirely sure of. But, um, you know, it obviously uh, help the, helps the club to, to take care of uh, payments and, uh, and the debts. And uh... Sorry, now the music is picking up. I'm going to mute this. All right, so um, I think the music can cut you off while you were still talking, so I guess I got to carry the load now. Um, so the, the JP Morgan financing is, I think, $500 million, and that's specifically going to be used for wages and catching up on wages and using, and using that to, to, for player salaries, which in itself tells you an entire story that $500 million is going to be specifically allocated to salaries. I mean, that tells you where their salary situation is in what Bartomeo kind of did to the club. Uh, I also think it's not necessarily a matter of banks and investors not lining up, but it's a matter of do Barca actually want to take on more debt. It's a very dangerous game to play. Um, this is not a privately owned club. They're not backed by oligarchs and all these wealthy people. So that it's not. sometimes it's just their own choice of you have to really consider do you want to go into more debt or not. Um, I realized like also like this is kind of where I wanted to bring the messy discussion and Griezmann discussion into the play again. 
Um, even though this, the question is a little bit different than what I actually thought it was. Um, if you're Barca, the idea is to shed a bunch of salary and raise funds for players like Coutinho and Griezmann, et cetera, and also to re, in order to re-sign Messi. It, it sucks for Barca. I don't like, in the NBA, they have that sign and trade rule. I feel like if that existed in football, if you could sign Messi and then sell him, Actually, I think that would be the best move financially. The barrier before was that it would have cost $700 million for someone to sign him, right? But if you can sign him, re-sign him to a contract and then sell him for like $100 million to Manchester City, that makes a lot of sense to me at this stage of his career. Because then you can just kind of pass the torch to Griezmann as well. It's a win-win-win for everybody. It's a win for Messi because he goes to a Champions League contender. It's a win for Manchester City because they get Messi. And he gets them over the hump, possibly. And it's a win for Barca because you get 100 million for a player who is the greatest player in club history. Uh, but also, you already have his replacement in Griezmann already in the in the side that you can just pass the torch to. That's that's how I look at this. Am I crazy, or do you, I, I say, do you share something similar, or no? Well, I, I would just add to that. I agree with all the win situations for clubs and player perhaps involved. I would say it's a big lose, a big loss for the fans because uh, I would say the vast majority of us want to continue to see Messi uh, playing in the Barca shirt and finish his career at the club despite the financial ramifications that that could have um, on the club. So, you know, we want this to end in a fairy tale and him to waste one more Champions League trophy with the club and and that's really what we're we're all, you know, rooting for. So um okay, so from a fan perspective, I th- I would I would say I would put it down as a loss. That's in that scenario. That's fair. Um so do you think it's the- Because we, I mean Griezmann has not won has not won our hearts over the the, the you know, the way that Messi is obviously filled up. No, of course not. But I'm talking about like if the way I look at it is you have to like Messi is not going to be here forever, even though it seems like he's going to be. Um, so my my point is like, how are you going to replace him? Well, you can't. Well, you have the, yeah. the stylistic parallel and Griezmann is sitting right there. Um, so do you want like, do you want to yeah. just do that now? Or do you want to wait and see what your options are a year from now? I mean, I, I, I see both options. Um, so you think mm. the the fan fan perspective of Messi has changed over the past year? Because I, I last summer I felt like the tune was a little bit different. Yeah. Um, and it has changed. I think, you know, the way that season finished, the 8-2, the, the fact that there was still a year on his contract, the bureau facts as well, Messi kind of semi-public, uh, publicly saying that he wanted to move on. Uh, we were, you know, from a fan perspective, it was like, well, he's in his own damn right to choose as he pleases and we can get something good out of it because at that point you could still get a hundred million plus out of Messi, uh, you know, and I think that that has now changed. I think that uh, unless he's, you know, explicitly comes out and says that he wants to move on, uh, which again, I think the majority of us Barca fans would uh, grant him that decision um, and that ability to make that decision. But um, so 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 in that sense, it's different, you know, because now Messi has voted for Laporta. He was uh, active in that entire process and 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 the change of guard, the change of board. Um, the season was, 
you know, I don't know if we can consider it a, 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 a tremendous success, but perhaps better than most of us had anticipated or expected. But it does feel like a job uh, left undone at the moment. Now, I feel that there's still, you know, that, that, that espina clavada, as they say here, that thorn in our heels uh, of... Um, you know, the Champions League and not, you know, being or not reaching the latter stages, the deep stages, the semifinals, the final of the Champions League and getting knocked out in, in you know, we can only be described as dramatic fashion. And, and we don't want Messi's story to end uh, in a Barca shirt in the Champions League in, in that manner. So. So we have. Um, and the league as well, for that matter. We have three more questions that I think we can actually plow through here. Are you ready? Let's do it. Abdi says, who are your, this is a very specific question. Who are your favorite Argentinian and Italian players who played for Barca and Madrid growing up? That's very niche. I mean, uh, Argentinian, <laughs> I cannot think of anybody. Saviola? Messi, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> not Saviola, not Riquelme, not Bonanno, not Maradona, not, uh, what else do we have? You know, it's Messi, Messi, Messi. My all-time favorite Argentinian. And Italian, Barca never really had a, a tremendous history with uh, Italians. I mean, that's if you, you know, in the case of Luis Suarez, of course, he moved to Italy uh the only Spanish Ballon de Oro, de Oro winner uh, somewhat became an adopted uh, um, Italian at the time. That was way before, way before I was even born. So, you know, I, maybe Zambrota. Zambrota, Zambrota was, was my was favorite one I Italian. About, yeah. Um, that, yeah, you guys, I mean, Real Madrid doesn't either. I mean, Real Madrid has like, I think, five or six Italians who have ever played for them. Um, I just missed the um, Panucci, like... When I became a Real Madrid fan, like I think Panucci's last year at the club, so I didn't really get to see him. So I guess the default answer would probably be Cannavaro for me. Um, you guys have? Did you guys? Yeah. I just looked it up. You guys have had four Italian players who have ever played for you. Does that sound right? Albert uh, Zambrotta, Albertini, Fran Francesco Coco, and Tiago Albertini, Mota. Sure. The only ones. Coco. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Spanish, Italian, of course. Yeah. Or, or Italian, Brazilian. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, so I, I already gave you my Italian answer. Um, Argentina. I know. Had... I know you're Argentinian. Easy. You want to guess? I know. I know that. Okay. Guess it. Redondo. Yeah. It's a clear there's only cut. one. Yeah. It's there's only Redondo. one. Redondo. Um, yeah. It's not even close. Um, I'd love to say Di Stefano, but unfortunately I wasn't born, even born when he played. Um, but, you know, you're, and then just before my time, we had Baldano. Uh, and then we've had a, quite yeah. a few, like Redondo, of Redondo um, hairs that never actually turned into hairs and Cambiaso and Gago, who uh, I was so, I was like yeah. hanging on to Gago for dear life for until Gago, like right, I would yeah. defend him till the death, no matter how bad he was. And then at some point I just realized, no, he's not going to be anywhere close to this guy. But Redondo was the clear cut number one. And I developed spot, spot, soft spots for Di Maria later and a little bit Iguain, although he drove me nuts as well. So, but Redondo, it's clear number one. Two more. 
Brendan Power says, what kind of terrible leadership is from, is it from England to leave the fifth spot to a 19 year old kid with a short international career? What terrible spot to put a young kid in that could affect his career down the line. You have thoughts on this, Diego? Who had never taken a penalty for Arsenal uh, or his professional career up until that point? Really? I didn't know that. Very, yes, yes. Very questionable decision. Uh, I feel very sad, very, very, very bad for the kid. Um, I hope it doesn't affect his career. Uh, your head up, Saka, and, um, you know, it happens to the best of them. Look at Messi. So, but yeah, very, very questionable decision, without a doubt. I hope it goes the other way for him. And instead of affecting his career in a negative way, it actually makes him better. And this adversity is something he reflects on like a few years from now saying like, you know, that that drove me to be even better. Um, Grealish on Twitter said today that he actually wanted to take one and they put Saka in front of him. So I don't, you know, I think this is on Southgate, you know. The okay. fact that I'm, I'm Mourinho was talking about, like, even Rashford and Sancho, it's really hard to take a penalty kick when you've been on the field for one minute and you have no, you haven't warmed up, you haven't gotten into the flow of the game, you haven't had some touches. It's really difficult. So I, I think a lot of this is on Southgate. Last one in ten seconds, Diego. We're really pushing the envelope here in terms of your family circling you. Uh, Elmo says, <laughs> "You notice it." Elmo says, "Who's going to win the Ballon d'Or?" Uh, good one. Look, uh, Messi won the Copa America and the Copa del Rey. Uh, if that counts for anything, I'll put Messi, Messi's name in the ballot. But uh, seeing as this criteria always changes, uh, I saw the names of uh, a shared trophy between Bonucci and Chiellini. Uh, that would be kind of nice, kind of fun. Um, who would win it? It's it's up for grabs. It's... Uh, it's up for grabs at the moment. It's up for grabs. I don't know. Who, who's the Bota de Oro? Is that is it Lewandowski? Who's, uh, who's got the goals down? I think it's Lewandowski, although I'm not entirely sure. But uh, I think Lewandowski, look, it's, it's easy to forget about him now because he plays for Poland and this season with Bayern is long gone. But he still deserves it to me. I mean, even like there's mm. only so much you can do with that Polish national team as well. And he actually played well in the Euros. Um, so I don't know what else he can do. I feel like they will give it to Messi just because he won the Copa. And it's like this, a pity. It's like, here you won your, you finally won this trophy. You've been trying to win. And here you go. It's yours. It's not nothing. I mean, Copa America, Copa del Rey, and Pichichi in La Liga. I don't know if, if many other players, you know, live up to that, um, that standard that he said, even in a season uh, that just passed. Yeah. I mean, look, even even his season that's not the best is like a player's peak. Like most players' peak would be even dream of having the the the, the season that Messi just had. Uh, I I still think Lewandowski deserves it. Also, part of me also feels like bec- it was unfair to him to not get one last year because they just canceled it. So I just feel bad yeah. for him. But right. I, you know, <laughs> right, right. I suppose like. Also, it, this matters. Um, what happens f- from the start of the season until December matters because it also twists, like, yeah, you know, where, where, what, you know, where we are mentally. Does Lewandowski remind us again with scoring a bunch of goals from like September to November? All that stuff will factor in. So, I would, I think it's, would you, I think it's pretty decently safe to say that Messi and 
Lewandowski are the top two candidates right now, based on what we've seen up until now. Um, I'm happy to wrap it here, Diego. What do you think? Yeah, I I, I have to cut it. All right. Yeah, you got to go. All right. Enjoy. Enjoy the party. Thanks, Diego. And uh, we'll catch you soon on the next podcast. For sure. It's possibly Friday. We'll stay tuned. All right. Take care, buddy. Take care. Good. Bye. You too. Peace, peace. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.